Welcome to the Family Worship Companion, supplementing your personal reading of Scripture with a Christ-centered emphasis and real-life application for every member of the family. Greetings, friends. We come today to Genesis chapter 12, a pivotal chapter in the Word of God. It rehearses to us the call of God to Abram. It also gives us the promises included in that call, Abram's obedience to God, and then proceeds to tell us of a famine that strikes the land, which tests Abram's early faith. So the tense of verse 1 gives us a sense that this is what has already happened. The Lord had said to Abram, And in Joshua chapter 24, we learn that Abram was an idolater and God had intervened in the life of this idolater, called him and delivered him. In fact, in Stephen's sermon in Acts chapter 7, it says that the Lord of glory appeared unto Abram. So this is his conversion as I understand it. Abram's experience is all of grace as it is for every last one of us whether we're brought up in the church, in the Word of God, or we've been out in the world somewhere, salvation is all of grace. And what we find in Abram's life is really an example of the believer's experience. It's not that we should move around as Abram did, but the sense of pilgrimage that we are on, a people that belong somewhere else, this is illustrated wonderfully in the life of Abram. Now, when we look at Genesis chapter 12, the first three verses are crucial to understand. Familiar to many, I'm sure, but I want us to just remember the reality of the world in which Abram is living. He has no Eden. Man has been driven out of that. We know that. He is living with the curse and the experience of the curse, the difficulty of providing and all the rest of it is a very real experience for man in this world in which he lives. And there's not really much positive impact that God's people of that time are having upon the world. Now, in the promise that God gives to Abram, there is the indications of a change, a reverse, and God using Abram to change something of the experience. So, firstly, though there's no Eden, he's going to give a land, a land that is promised to him and to his posterity. Secondly, He is going to bless Abram instead of experiencing all the effects of the curse. God is going to singularly favor this man and his posterity as well. And thirdly, while believers have not made much impact in the world, the promise that God is giving to Abram is one in which he can expect a greater impact upon all the nations of the earth. Now, before we proceed, it is absolutely crucial that we understand these blessings in light of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot have blessings. It always boggles my mind that people can come to Genesis 12 and see God bless in some way that is without the Lord Jesus. The distinction of Abram is his faith. He is a man that God has revealed himself to and he's been changed. And so the blessings that God is promising to him are tied into Christ. In other words, there is no blessing, no real blessing, not these blessings without Jesus Christ. It is our union in Christ that brings about these blessings, our union in Christ that causes the gospel to go forth and bless 
all the families of the earth. So we must understand that or we're going to completely miss the whole story of redemption that's being weaved through the Bible. This nation that is going to come from Abram is going to find that unless they believe, unless they have faith, they will not have these blessings. And that's what we will discover through the centuries that will follow. As they believe and trust God, they are blessed. As they turn away from God, they themselves enter into a greater experience of the curse of the world in which they live. Now, Abram is 75 years old. He is now in the land. He has received this promise while he was outside the land. He is now in the land. And in verse 7, God appears to him again. This is the first instance in which God comes to Abram while he's in the land of Canaan. And so in verse 7 and 8, it is right that Abram begin to properly worship God. He erects an altar and approaches God on the grounds of the blood. This is foundational again to his fellowship with God, that he approaches God the right way and regularly engages in this interaction with God, trusting him all through the journey. But when we come to verse 10, Abram experiences his first test of faith, or at least one of the strongest tests of his faith up to this point. He experiences a famine, and this famine puts pressure on him to try and find the solution. Does he stay in Canaan, trusting God will provide, or does he find somewhere else to go? And we find him moving to Egypt, which, though it doesn't say explicitly, would seem to indicate a lack of faith on Abram's part. It's always very dangerous to respond in the Christian life purely with the mind of the pragmatist. God does not always work in a way that is pragmatic. And so you come to verse 11 all the way through verse 20 and Abram is in Egypt. He has this pressure applied to him. The, the fear of man is gripping his heart and he tells really a half lie in the point of his relationship of Sarai. Who is she to him? And a half lie is told to try and preserve and protect his own life. But what we find is God shows mercy to him. And in verse 18 and following, we see how God preserves Abram and Sarai, despite Abram himself not helping in the whole affair. So we come to application, and I begin with the children. Have you responded to God's call to you in your life? Now, this is the blessing of the gospel. The gospel is given out, and the message is that God now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, have you called upon the Lord? Having heard his call to you, have you called upon the Lord? And you, older believer, how are you doing in the journey? Are you staying steadfast in your loyalty to Christ? Or have you strayed? Have you been close to God in the past, erecting your altars as it were, depending on the blood of Christ and experiencing fellowship with God? But maybe today, you're really in Egypt. You have doubted God. You've gotten away from God. You've lost fellowship with God. You're telling half lies and basically just doing things that before you would never have done as a Christian. It's time for you to, to get back to where you once were. Secondly, I think there's a word here for the aged believer. Uh, Abram's 75 years old and God is still leading, guiding and using him. Don't lose heart. Do not think that God will shelve you. You're still living. You're still breathing. He has a purpose for you. Third, Abram exhibits a fear of man. This is not a strange 
A temptation, it's not one that is uncommon to us. In fact, we face it almost daily, I would say. And so it must be prayed against. God, deliver me from the fear of man. Open my mouth, make me bold, take away any concern I have when it seems like the opinions of man come into conflict with what the will of God is for my life. May God deliver us from such a fear. Fourth, I was struck by the thought that Sarai is in her 60s in this chapter and is remarkable for her beauty. And though she lives to 127 and no doubt was more youthful in her appearance than maybe the average woman in her 60s today, yet it made me wonder whether or not that's the case. And more to the point that we're not culturally influenced by our perception of beauty. And and that is definitely the case. There's no doubt that that is the case. And so I think we just pause and consider whether or not our view and understanding of beauty, and especially for women, but also for men, our understanding of beauty, making sure that we don't succumb to some shallow, carnal view of what beauty truly is. Fifth, Pharaoh issues really a rebuke to Abram. This happens sometimes. Sometimes the world can rebuke the Christian. We live foolishly. And so the the life that we're living contradicts our Christian testimony. And whether we're parents in the home or employees in the workplace or in some other environment, really, in some way, we are contradicting what we profess ourselves to be. And there may be a word from the world or even just how they live in some way may challenge our hearts and should work repentance in us that we would get back on track as God would desire for all of his children. Then the sixth and final application is just to remember how fellowship with God is crucial. One bad decision leads to a whole series of dangerous uh, circumstances in which Abram finds himself. He he loses out with God and fellowship, and so his fear gripping his heart makes him move into Egypt, and there he's faced with different challenges and all of it, beginning with one decision that he would not have made if he was maintaining close fellowship with God. That's a reminder to you and to me, we must maintain daily fellowship at any time, around any corner, may be a temptation that we will not be prepared to face and will not have the strength to face if we are missing out in regular fellowship with God, abiding at the cross, looking at Christ and rejoicing in Him. May the Lord keep our hearts in tune with Him today.